0: Hey, you've all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do it with the bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what I'm going to do is create a safe place where you can set aside... Whatever's been keeping you awake—whether it's sink thoughts, uh, feelings, uh, changes in routine, stormy weather—you uh, know and that, that could be metaphorical storm. What was stormy weather? Whatever keeping you awake, I'd like to take your mind off of that, and that's what the safe place is. I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use uh, lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones. I'm going to try to stay calm so you don't you don't really have to. I'm, I'm going to, like, uh, I'm getting clo- up close to the mic here. And I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to, to calm it down myself. Uh, like, uh, and that's how this podcast works. All you've got to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And here's the usual schedule of the episode. Usually we got about a... Uh, Four or five, you know, the first four or five minutes, we got to get all the credits and the business out of the way, housekeeping. Uh, then there's like usually a twelve minute intro, which we're about two minutes into that, and then we're going to talk about an episode of uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation, and that you know that'll be lulling and soothing, and uh, you know, I'll take my I take my time getting there, and I try to I try to stay calm. I think I said that, but I, I seem I also got to remind myself to stay calm. Uh, I think I'm closer to the mic than I've ever been before. I mean, I'm really, I'm real close to it. And I don't know, it's helping me stay calmer. I guess I don't have to use this loud of voice. I got to watch my peas don't pop. So here's a little behind the scenes. I I have the, uh, like if I'm looking straight ahead, I don't know. Okay. Like, uh at three is a circle 365 degrees? I don't know it's been I don't know if I've ever said isosceles on this podcast. I think I have before and I, I don't know if I, when I said isosceles if that was my favorite triangle at the time but I would say it is right now. Uh, so I all the names of triangles uh, isosceles is very sleepy. Is I wonder maybe I could if anybody's keeping track of all the books I've said I was going to write that I haven't written. I know there's I Claudius. Maybe I could write a book I Uh I think I should write the the tale of the the tale of the the turbulent tale of the triangle. Maybe and this isn't a joke. Sometimes this may sound like I'm joking. I'm I'm as serious as, as I'm serious as a triangle. I think this could work. Like, I need a I need a triangle expert. So, I don't know. Usually, I think Carnegie Mellon, MIT. What are the schools that I could have access? Like, what are the schools that I would have access to that are like those? I'd say okay. They say like uh, you know some sort of polytechnic maybe. Uh, what's is there is there any junior polytechnics? Because that's what I could use. Because we'll write a book, isosceles, and I knew someone named Sosanes, and he was a wonderful, wonderful guy. Uh, but like isosceles, we could like we could flip flops the chapters, and I could have the triangle experts. It would also be hard getting whole, you know, because there's so much triang triangulation nowadays. In you know with these three dimensions, I guess I would probably have a lot of overlap. You know, say so no, 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 no. I'm not looking for a triangulator. I'm looking for you. Don't have a doctor in triangles there. Oh, you want our music department? No, 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 no. I don't. Wait a second. In your music department, you have a doctor of triangles. I think that could be the writer of the book, Doctor Triangles, uh, or a new character, Doctor Triangles, uh, Nice isosceles. We say, they, I mean, because universities, they really don't have like a, I mean, because they're so complex, the bigger ones, there's probably not a number you could call. I mean, I'm sure they'd say, okay, I mean, especially people, okay, so no, 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 I don't need a 3D, no, no, what's a 3D triangle called, a pyramid, I don't need anything, no, I don't need anything pyramid related, I'm only looking for Uh, two dimensions. I think I'm looking for one dimension, just triangles. Isosceles triangles in particular. I'm looking for the uh, world's foremost expert on isosceles. Oh, they're in fourth grade. Oh, every fourth grader. Oh, that's hilarious brain. That was my brain just interrupted the podcast. uh, No, no, to interrupt me. Sorry, uh, university switchboard. My brain interrupted this call, but I'm looking for yeah, that's correct. Uh, could you could you transfer me to Carnegie Mellon? Then is that a school? I think it is. What about Case Western? Uh, do you have a number for them? No, uh, no, just uh, do you, do you, no, no, no. You, you do have someone that's an expert in right triangles. I'm sorry, I'm not interested. Equilateral is not, you know. Have you seen the state of things? Is it equilateral? I I wish we, you know. No. Not Venn diagrams, that's not, that's not a triangle, isosceles triangles. Oh, that's a great question, ma'am. Why am I looking for the world's foremost expert in isosceles triangles? Great question. Let me try to, re, let me try to trace my thinking back, because that'll be pretty convoluted. I was doing a podcast intro for a podcast make you sleep with me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. Uh, we do it with a bedtime story. It's a grown-up, yeah, grown-up bedtime stories for grown-ups. Yeah, and and so I was introducing, Oh, it's it's uh, you know, it'll put you to sleep. Believe it or not, we're in the middle of podcast intro right now, ma'am. You're on. The, you're not on the air because I don't have. Uh, but yeah, you, you're imaginarily on the air. Okay, hi Bradford. Okay, anyway, so then I started the intro, and then I something came up about triangles. I don't know where my triangle popped right out of my brain and it, right out of my subconscious and into my brain, right in that frontal lobe or whatever. And it said, look at me, I'm in an I, I'm an isosceles. And I said, well, that would make a great name for a book, Isosceles. I, I mean, I have no idea why I started talking about isosceles triangles, but now wh- one, one thing I know is that once I start, I can't stop. Uh, yeah. So it would help. It would be easier for me to stop if I knew I had... You know, doctor Triangle on the line. But if that's not patented, maybe I'll start. I'll, I'll start going by doctor Triangle. I mean, yeah, I'm familiar with Triangle Man. Yeah, I am familiar with that man. This is totally different. I, I always pictured Triangle Man as a equilateral triangle. Isosceles triangle. Isosceles is obviously an isosceles. That's why I'm looking for the. Anyway, thank you so much for your time. I guess I'll try to get back to my podcast and pull it back together. But thank you. Uh, so anyway, hey folks, sorry, back back again. I never left though. If you're new here, welcome. Uh, uh, the one day that podcast may be approved by the by Doctor Triangle and uh, you know the Isosceles Institute, which okay, patent that one too. Yeah, welcome to Sleep With Me podcast presented by the Isosceles Institute. Uh, I would say, what would we do? Ma'am, I didn't realize I still had you on the phone. What would we do at the Isosceles Institute? Well, we'd do, you know, we'd get it, get it. we we cover every angle, you know, if you don't mind me saying so. And probably, you know, think about, you know, stuff about right right triangles and equilateral triangles and work on, you know, parallelogram-related humor. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Anyway, have great, you know, have great, have great, have, have, uh, you know, thanks. Thank you. Okay. So if you're new here, that's kind of like the podcast in a, you know, stuffed into one of those angles of a triangle, you know, one of the ones that could fit it. I think what I was going to say, okay, I just followed my thoughts back. I was going to try to describe where the microphone was. In, in in proportion to my mouth, and I was trying to figure out how many degrees were in a circle, and then that's when I saw Then I got I saw a case of isosceles brain. Where would you get that fixed? Isosceles Institute. You sleep with me for 10% off your treatments. Isosceles, the triangle that sounds nice and that doesn't rhyme with much, like sesosceles, frost, 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 frost freeze, you know with with your with your treatment, free fosters freeze. So if you're new here, this is a podcast to take your mind off stuff. I would do like uh, I'd guess that, you know, maybe that took your mind off stuff. And you say, well it wasn't gripping, wasn't that it wasn't terrible, wasn't terribly interesting. That's uh, that's that's fair enough. You know, that was you know, that's what we write in the isosceles review. Say a little bit much on the isosceles. I say, well, just say it with me. Isosceles. Maybe that's what you could say. You know, doesn't that sound like sleepily empowering? Isosceles. Isosceles. You know, and you could just start to, like, then just like this podcast, the words, they become less formula. Isosceles. You don't even have to enunciate anymore. Isosceles. And you could just say saslies or whatever, whatever. And ideally, that's how this bad case works. For some people, you know, I just start to drift in the background because you realize you're under no pressure to pay attention. But I'll be here if you need, if you do need to to pay full attention or you need full distraction. I uh, you're under also under no pressure to fall asleep. Like I'll be here for at least an hour. Uh, you know, get, kick, you know, kicking kicking the tires on these used triangles to make sure I get the most value for my money and, you know, d- just doing my best because uh, you can't roll, you know, because it's a triangle. Anyway, I, this is why, I, I mean, I guess I'm stuck. I, I am stuck. I got. I do have a case of isosceles brain. I need to see Dr. No, ma'am, I can't wait till next week to see Dr. Triangle. Sorry, I have a tri- another Triangle-related call here. Uh, no, ma'am, I need to get into to see Dr. Triangle. It's a business proposal, ma'am. Big money. Uh, maybe some of it could be, maybe we could get you a credit on there. Oh, yeah, I could tell you the project title. It's called Isosceles. It's going to be uh, the biggest thing uh, since, uh, you know, quadratic equations, if you don't mind me saying so, you know. You take your co-sign and get out of here. When you hear about this idea, it's a book. It's a book. It's called Isosceles. It'll be a movie, you know, or a series on HBO, or Netflix, or Amazon. A Tale of a Triangle. It'll be it'll be two at least two stories intertwined, ma'am. The real story of the Isosceles Triangle, and one a story so riveting, the tale of a triangle named Isosceles uh, or Sosceles, I guess maybe. And it struggle against you know the it'll be great. So if you could just take that down, doctor triangle, uh, get a hold of scooter. Hey, thank you, ma'am. Thanks. I'm, I got to get back to this podcast intro. Uh, so that's a podcast. It's a little bit silly, uh, a little bit different. But you don't have to take me seriously. You don't have to fall asleep, and you don't have to listen. I mean, you can hear. You know what I mean? Like a, so, really the isosceles you if that book comes out though you have to read it well no you don't have to read it you just got to buy it Uh, but that won't be till like 2030 or whatever so that's the podcast i'm glad you're here and the reason i make the show is because i've had trouble falling asleep so i know what it's like lying there tossing and turning and i want to be this voice of calm and comfort and silliness uh, to add some levity to bedtime also, no triangles in bed. That's an easy one. Uh, clear. I mean, you know, it's just it's just a policy. Very, you know, that's a, uh, that's an easy one, especially in waterbeds. Holy moly. Uh, but anyway, I want to say thank you for your time. If you're skeptical, it makes total sense. Give the podcast if you try. See if it works for you. I hope it does because uh, I'm glad you're here. And I really hope and I really yearn to help you fall asleep. All right. So before we run through the whole episode, I wanted to stop and talk about this amazing scene and moment. I mean, there's a lot of good moments in this episode. The big goodbye and really like uh, an unexpected wonder. When I started watching this, I said, oh, this is going to be very this. And this episode defied all my expectations. Uh, But in particular, there was just this unbelievable moment. It was at around 4109. And it won't really make sense, so this won't be so much of a spoiler. Maybe it will be, but I don't think so. Plus, this is from, like, 1989. So, uh, But it's at the very end of the episode and says so much about Jean-Luc Picard in, in a good way. Uh, but Picard and this cop that he's kind of friends with, uh, it'll make more sense when we're talking about the episode, or in uh, Dix's office, T-I-X. And they're saying goodbye because Picard's going back to the Enterprise. And the, the cop, spoiler it is is just a simulation. Or maybe not a simulation. I guess this will be this will be stuff for an interesting podcast to discuss. Uh, but Picard puts on his jacket and his hat as he gets ready to return to the Enterprise. And his cop friend's standing there looking out the window. And Jean-Luc says, geez, I wish I could take you with me. Uh, you know, back to the Enterprise, you know, because almost like they've struck up this friendship and he kind of says, well, I got to, you know, book this guy. Once a cop, always a cop. He's trying to put on a brave face. Uh, but really, these characters, uh, their interaction with the Enterprise is kind of, like for some of them, even more so, uh, unhinged their grasp of what reality is. And I guess they won't really remember it, which says that's what to me was so striking about what Picard does here is that, uh, I, I don't know. I really, and I'm not trying to be a fanboy, I guess, cause I'm not, I, I, like now I hold the utmost respect for Picard, uh, because his makeup here. So he puts on his jacket and he says, she says, I wish I could take you uh, with me. And the character, there's sad music playing cops looking out the window and then they turn face to face. They said, Once a cop always comes, Picard says, Well, yeah, I got to get going. So, and the cop looks down. He says, Oh, yes, this is the big goodbye, huh? And Picard's kind of speechless, and they shake hands, and they hold hands, and the cop takes uh, Picard's hand in both of his. And then uh, the moment comes. And you got to see the acting here, because he, he says, Tell me something, Dix. When you're gone, will this world still exist? I mean, holy inception matrix. He goes, the the police officer with real fear on his face, this subtle, uh, fear. He says, "Will my wife and kids uh, still be waiting for me at home?" And Picard still turned back, and he's looking at looking back at him. And he's really well laid. And there's just a split second. And in that split second, it literally, I don't know if I paused it, it the first time I was watching it. I don't think so. Uh, but for me, the, the moment stretched out in time because they said, what is Picard going to say? There's just a real fear in this character's face. He says, "Jeez, what happens to me when you turn the computer off, basically? And Picard, because he says, I mean, to me, I guess I'm not, I'm not, you know, clearly if uh, they they start up a a Starfleet Academy, don't, you know, I won't be getting a call because they said, okay, is Picard going to lie? Is he going to dismiss the question or is he going to answer it honestly? And he really has nothing to lose except for what what makes him Jean-Luc Picard by lying or not answering or telling the guy what he wants to hear. I guess there's two kind of lies, you know, he could tell him, but instead he he gives him the real truth. He says, uh, because he says, so the guy says, geez, what's going to happen to me? Avocards could say, oh, you're going to be fine, or, oh, yes, this simulation goes on forever, just like it was real. Don't worry one bit. And then, boom, he shuts it off or whatever. Uh, but he has this look on his face, and he says, honestly, I don't know. And he has this unsure, pained look on his Oh, man, I'm looking at it right now. And they cut kind of back and forth, and they both, the character looks down with pain on his face. A fear of the unknown, I guess. And Picard says, goodbye, my friend. And the character, whose name, of course, can't remember. He can't even speak back. And then Picard Picard walks off and the the lights go out and the doors close. And then we might as well go right into the conclusion. Then Picard, in a raincoat, uh, a suit, uh, in a hat, he comes on the ship. And they're waiting for him to broadcast this message. He loosens his tie, puts his hands on his hips. He's got suspenders. And he does this perfect uh, uh, Yaradan uh, greeting. And, and I guess we'll talk about it because there's a couple more interesting things. But that that was just the moment for me. That, that just, just uh, I don't know. It was a great, great moment. Uh, but let's go to the top of the episode. This is called uh, The Big Goodbye. I, I didn't write down which episode it was. Uh, but it's from Season 1, like in the seven, eight, nine episode range. And this open, the Enterprise pulls into the screen, and it says, uh, Captain's Personal Log. I think it's not. I think it's First Officer's Log. Because the episode's playing in the background. Wait a second. Dixon Hill's office. Oh, you know what? I'm in the wrong spot in my notes. That's why. Oh, boy. Uh, okay, it was only one page bag. It opens with Riker, exclamation point, very purple clouds. First officer's log, we're about to make a brief contact with the durata, a reclusive insect-like race known for its idiosyncratic attitude towards protocol. The durata uh, d- demand a precise greeting from Picard, and their language is most unusual. The slightest mispronunciation is regarded as an insult. And then it zooms into Riker's brow, and then right after it gets into Riker's brow, it cuts to Counselor Troy training Picard on the Gerardian grammar. And it says, well, it is an insect mine, sir, you know, because Picard's like, I don't get it. You know, this is very overwhelming, trying to learn this grammar and be perfect. And she says, you know what, You, you should take a break, Captain. You need a diversion. And she says, we just up upgraded the, uh, the holiday, Kevin. You've been looking forward to checking that out? And Picard says, Dixon Hill. And she says, it's all ready. And then, so he, he goes up to the holodeck. He says, uh, load up Dixon Hill, San Francisco, California, 1941. Uh, Dixon Hill, PI. And then we get a captain's personal log, uh, and he steps into this dingy office. There's great sound design here. There's typewriters and there's phones ringing, even though it's late at night, I guess. And uh, his secretary's leaving. She says, Very funny, Dix. Uh, you see, because he looks like he's dressed up as a bellboy. And Picard, who's totally on the spot, he, he's so genuine sometimes that he says, Oh boy, yeah, totally. And appropriate. I should have changed. Uh, but, who, but we have this, like, noir Chinatown thing going, Philip Marlowe-esque. And the secretary's like, there's a woman in your office. She go, There's a joke about it. She says, nice legs. And Picard says, what do you mean? She goes, no, no, her legs. And Picard goes into his office, and the woman has a lot of stoles on her, whatever, those fur things. Those have fallen out of fashion. And she says, uh, I need your help, Mr. Hill what does this say? E-M-A-E-A-E. I don't know what that means. If Mr. Hill E-May is, is out. Oh, maybe she says uh, someone's, uh, I don't know. But she But she needs his help. But then it goes to, uh, uh, like, if a like, oh, you need my help. Then the episode opens, uh, the big goodbye. Then the Enterprise pulls into the screen. In this captain's personal log, geez, I'm delighted how this good this holodeck is. The fictional world of Dixon Hill, 20th century detective, hero of mine since childhood, flawless illusion. Uh, the characters I meet are generated by the computer, of course, but they feel real and they seem real in every way. And then we go back to, 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 to tell you know this noir noir scene. Picard's thinking. He's got his hands to his hand to his like his thumb to his mouth. His client's talking, and she's like, I don't know who's out to get me. He goes, a lover, perhaps? And she says, or Cyrus, a red block. Maybe I'll just tell you. And she says, name your fee, and the card says $20 a day plus expenses. And she goes, how's a 100 cover for now? And then she kisses him on the lips. A very red lipstick gets on him. And then they cue the music as she walks out. And then Picard stays there a second to enjoy, like, the the scenery and the desk. He looks out the windows, and there's sound design out the windows. And he says, the computer exits. And he collapses and rubs his hands together. Then there's a knock-knock, and he says, hey, you'll have to come back. Some guy's like, Mr. Hill, I get to see you. Uh, This was funny. He goes, I'm not dressed. I'm in my office, but I'm not dressed properly. And then Picard's out, but then the guy just walks into his office. And then Picard, side gone? I don't know what that says. Picard sees the game. But he struts back uh, into the ship. Uh, he's got a face full of makeup. This was a good thing. This was a great scene. It's in 9.03. I guess the observation lounge. I don't know. That's where they have their crew meetings. I don't have a a good hold on what's on the ship yet, but uh, 903, Picard's like all excited, just like a kid, so genuine. He said, this holodeck is awesome. And he goes, there's even automobiles. You got to see this. This is 903. Worf says, automobiles? Like, I fell out of my chair laughing. It's worth it. If you're down, just go to 903 and watch him. Worf say, automobiles? He doesn't say it like that. And data explains, you know what it is. Uh, what does this say, Wesley? Oh, Wesley's cracking up even. Like, like Picard's so happy that even Wesley makes Wesley happy. Oh, and then data also says, oh, this also cracks up Wesley. So data says, well, there's a, a transportation, ancient Earth device for transportation. Also, virility. Also, teenage mating rituals go on there. And Wesley says, teenage mating rituals. Uh, then Picard says, "Hey, Doctor Crusher, would you like to uh, uh, come with me?" And she's pleased. But then he's she's crestfallen after that because he says, "And get that the I didn't even know this. I put Rando ship as historian. He goes, get that historian to come with us too.'" And he goes, "Data, get on that." And Data says, "Should I tell him?" He goes, "No, no, no. Invite him." Uh, then Doctor Crusher's look of frustration. Uh, it was funny. Oh, then he talks about getting kissed, and Doctor Crusher's like, "Really, really." And then any, then Picard's like, "Anyway, onto the briefing." You know, when they talk about the Jardarian being so easily irritated, and then Data's wants Picard to watch a video of the last time they met the Jardarians, but everyone's like, "Why?" Picard's like, "No, no, I don't want to see that." Uh, Then we have Data and Geordi talking about Dixon Hill. Uh, Data's like, I find this character puzzling. And LaForge says, it's just like Sherlock Holmes, but in the 20th century. And Data says, but was his modus operandi not dissimilar? Worth investigating. And uh, Geordi says, indubitably, my dear Data, indubitably. Very funny. Uh, cute, cute, Cutesy funny, but in a good way. Let's see, I lost my spot here. Medi, indubitably. Uh, then Data gets the complete text of Dixon Hill novels and memorizes it. Moves his. I notice he moves his head while he reads. I bet you he would get longer wear. Maybe not. Maybe if he moves his eyes. I don't know what would you know where he gets maximum wear. It seemed like it'd be more mechanical wear moving his head, but maybe not. Then we have Ricard and Whalen. I think, is the uh, historian. He says, are you ready? He goes, oh, more than ready, sir. And then this it just gets funnier. Data rolls up like tro- totally in character, versed in like street lingo, like a t- total period piece. And then they walk onto the set. Uh, I think there's an ad there. Uh the streets wet. I always wonder, like at night on movies or T V sets and maybe even movie sets, the streets are always wet. And they walk out of the street, there's this cool portal effect where the door from the holodeck's still there and then it disappears. But again, really uh, advanced for I mean I mean in my opinion it look great. And they look at some cars and then they go, they go up to the newsstand and the guy says, Hey Dix, how's tricks? And uh, so cute. And then he, he, this was oh, this was, was Picard. He goes, uh, say, Mac, I would like to buy a newspaper, but I don't have any money. And the guy says, don't worry about it. And then they're reading about World War II and Joe, Joe DiMaggio. And I said, the guys started talking about it. So I kind of felt like I didn't know if that was a rule. I mean, this is very Westworld, too. Uh, but they start breaking the illusion. And uh, what does this say? Seize the chicken is gone. Sees the care. Uh, but they also mention that data is from South America. Data sees the care. Picard sees the character is gone. History guy is removed. I don't know what that means. Uh, something... I don't know, but they say, hey, don't worry about data. He's weird. He's from South America. Uh, Picard is fully in illusion, I said. And then the cops roll up on dicks, and they say, uh, you, you're going, What I can't read any of my handwriting. You're, you're going downtown. That's what they say. You're going downtown. And everyone's so happy, but they're like, you're placing him under arrest? Like, they're just beside themselves. And he goes, for what? And he goes, for Jessica Bradley. We found your card. And then there's uh, uh, dramatic music. Then we're back on the bridge, uh, status report. And the ship's getting probed, and it's like a heavy probe. It, like, rocks the ship a little bit. Then they get a subspace message from the insects. And Riker says, let me talk to them, even though I'm a subordinate officer. They don't like that. So they cut off the communications. Uh, then this, I cannot, a Jordy, 10 foreign Geordie find captain. Uh, but they send uh, Geordie to find the captain. Meanwhile, Dr. Tr- Crusher is dressed to the nines. And then she goes into the holodeck. But at first it says, enter when, it's glitching. It keeps saying, enter when ready, when ready. And then she walks into the police station, and then she kind of slipped on her heels. Like I I guess because I haven't watched Star Trek The Next Generation enough, but it's like Dr. Uh, Crusher a little bit clumsy. Is that like an ongoing joke? Uh, But she slips and trips, but that just makes her more likable, in my opinion, because I do that all the time. And then Data's like totally doing material. Uh, He says, hiya, doc. What's cooking, eh? And she goes, I had trouble getting, uh, you know, getting here. Where's the Picard? And he says, he's on ice. And she says, what? He goes, he's being grilled. And she goes, like a fish? And then Waylon says, no, no, no. Interrogated for a crime. And then she says, what? like, but he's so happy. And she goes, why are we all being interrogated? This is really joy, like a joyous stuff, I guess. I don't know how to describe it. Like, uh. And then I lost my spot again. They're just so excited. Uh, Dr. Crusher, then Dr. Crusher sits next to another woman. I couldn't tell if it was his secretary or, uh, but but she tries to copy the woman's style that she's sitting next to. And then Picard's in his interrogation. Then it cuts to Geordi, who can't get the holodeck to work. And then there's a surprise, of which I don't know what it is. I guess that he can't get it open. Why did I put surprise? Geordi can't get to Hallowderk to work. A Surprise. He said he can't get a hold of them at all or something. Can't open the doors, so we're toast, because those the insects need to talk to him. I guess the crew's reaction on the bridge was surprise. Then we go to an ad. Uh, then Riker got a log, you know, we can't get a hold of the captain. We got to talk to these friggin' insects, and they want perfect grammar and, you know, total chain of command. So he says, uh, you know, we got to get this thing fixed. And Wesley wants to help, but Riker's like, no way, stay on the bridge. And then Troy said, well, he's missing his mother, you know, so we'll let him help. Uh, Then we're in the interrogation, but Picard seems to be getting bored. And then we're outside in the police station and Dr. Crusher's putting on makeup and uh, there's like this total dirtbag watching her from behind, like making noises, like very, very old school uh, dirtbag material. And she says, is there something on your mind? He goes, oh yeah, but I am i can't be shared in mixed company. He goes, you're a hep looking broad. And she goes... <laughs> She goes, is that good? And then he says, it's not bad. And he goes, you like Tommy Dorsey? I got two tickets for the dance. And actually, he hands her gum at some point, and she eats the gum and, you know, almost gets sick. So, it like, she gulps it down. So, that was great. Uh, then we have Riker is really mad. He's yelling at the holodeck, kind of, uh, while Wesley's trying to get it to work. Mill a hunt to my millimeter oh he, Wesley's gonna look millimeter by millimeter uh, for them oh Riker I don't think he R- Riker just yells down to the holiday he goes Riker to holodeck, Riker to holodeck. Uh, he says get this done you know come on uh, then the other cop at the interrogation vouches for Dix. he says let let uh, let, let, let let's release him. If he leaves, and then Picard says, if I leave town, town leaves with me, so you don't got to worry about it. And then Picard tries to smoke a cigarette. uh, And then the other cop says, why, Dix, why don't you come over for dinner sometime with me and the wife and the kids? And uh, then as Picard exits the back room of the station, the history dude is just standing there looking at light fixtures, uh, which was awesome. And uh, really examining them. And Data's looking in the mirror. He's still practicing material. This is just really, I I had no idea how good Star Trek The Next Generation is. This is really, there's so many little gems in here. And then you get the the underlying uh, sensual tension because Picard runs into Dr. Crusher and both of them are breathless. They make lots of eye contact. And uh, she says, having a good time? He goes, I don't know. Almost seems too real. And he goes, you wear it well. I'm glad you can make it. And then they get into role play. Uh, Clearly, without a doubt, role play. And she says, why, thank you, Mr. Hill. And Picard says, well, maybe we should get back to the ship. And she goes, we're on the ship, of course. And he goes, so we are. And she goes, do we have time to see her office? And he goes, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do we have time? We've got about four minutes, uh, yeah, you know. And they both are like, uh, they have hot chests, you know. And then, uh, w- what's his name? This is sci- the uh, history guy says, hey, can I come along? And then Data says, yeah, me too, boss. I'd love to have a gander. And they both roll their eyes like regarding and. Uh, it was just, it was just perfect. I I was like, holy cow, this show's funny. Well, Crusher rolls her eyes. Picard does like a what? K look, and then they get to the office, and Mister Leech is there. He kind of gets the drop on them. And then we go back to Riker interacting with Jordy and West, working on fixing stuff, and then we go back to like Leech and who says, you know, you're not going anywhere. Uh, we're gonna hang out here and have some fun, and he, everyone is laughing. They're like, "What are you kidding me?" Like he's like, you know, like it's they they felt like they were in a movie, like leech this characters like you're all in big trouble, and they're like, "Oh no, we're all in big trouble! Oh dear!" And then the history guy really starts uh, hamming it up. Did they put oh holy Westworld? I put. And then Leach, you know, Leach, they, Leach had a, what do you call it, it a squirt, like a, a squirter, and he squirts uh, Waylon, and Waylon says, my shirt actually got wet, I'm going to catch a chill, I got to stay warm, and then they said the whole day, he said, so he gets a, a, a little bit of the chill, so he used to lie down, and they try to get blankets on him, and he says, I thought it wasn't real, and then it cuts to a commercial, uh, then Picard gets a drop on the leech and he says, Hey, get out of here. You, you know, you sprayed my friend with water and leech goes, well, I see what Mr. Red Black has to say about that. I'm not, you know, oh, and they're also looking for like a, a MacGuffin or whatever, like a Maltese Falcon type thing, leech and then red black. I say, where is it? Uh, but then they're like, we got to get this guy a dry shirts And they say exit, and there's no exits. And then we cut to the bridge, and the ship's getting close to the insect meeting place. They're in a standing orbit, and uh, Riker's like, Dude, we're running out of time. And then they go back to the office, and they're still looking for an exit. And even because it's a suggestion, and Data says, Sir, I'm at a loss. And then Data learns about light cards. What does that mean? Oh, light cords. Data goes, he says, get some light over here. Maybe we could dry, you know, use the incandescence to dry his shirt. And Data pulls, Data doesn't realize the lights have to be plugged in. I mean, that's a good simulation, too, you know, that the light unplugs. And uh, then Leach shows up with Cyrus Redblock, who's played by... Uh, the great Lawrence Tierney, uh, who, who you've probably seen, you know, in a lot of great movies, he plays a tough guy and he plays a tough guy in this one, Cyrus Redblock. And this is when things really get interesting. Uh, you know, like we flashback, Riker's trying to get, you know, control of the ship and, uh, like, uh, the, you know, Jordy and Wesley are still working really hard and Jordy's trying to be patient uh, but what was weird is that uh, Cyrus Redblock supposedly may or may not know Dixon Hill, but he introduces himself. He says, good day, Mr. Hill. I'm Mr. Cyrus Redblock. And uh, he see, he starts making a speech. He goes, life is an endless stream of choices. Unfortunately, you've chosen to make mine more difficult. And he says, do you, do you have the hidden thing here? And Picard says, No. And he says, well, uh, we're going to look around if you don't mind. And Crusher says, y- why are you asking if you're just going to do it? And Red Black says, good manners, ma'am, are never a waste of time. Civility, always civility. And uh, th- then uh, he says, uh, uh, "Leech says, oh, Picard was picking on me. And Red Black says, for every action, there is an equal and opposite uh, Reaction, a N- N- Newtonian truism you've obviously neglected. And I don't know if that was a hidden thing in there. I didn't, I didn't think about it till just now. Uh, then the other cop shows up and uh, he's got a bottle of uh, scotch to drink with dicks. And uh, he says, Geez, I guess you forgot to tr- throw out the trash. And Red Black says, I don't tolerate disrespect. And Data goes, your devotion to etiquette is highly admirable, sir. However, your methods leave much to be de- desired. Let me just check here. Tolerable. Yeah, and then uh, uh, things get really weird at first because he says, what do we have here? They go, you look terrible. They're talking to Data. And Red Black says, where are you from? And Leach says, where, where were you hatched? And Data says, I was created on a planet. And Picard says, Data. And he goes, South America. I'm from South America. And Red Black says, I've been all over the world. I've never seen anything like you. And Picard breaks the wall. He goes for full inception. He says, We're not from this world. None of us are. We're from a world of fabulous riches, a world where there's objects far greater than the one you seek. And this is like, it is a bit like Inception in a different way, because then Leach starts to get really nervous. It really wears on the computer, I think, knowing it's fake or manufactured. He says, you're a PI. You've never mentioned this before. And the cop says, I'm not buying it either, Dix. This is weak stuff. And Picard says, I just look like Dixon Hill. I'm not uh, Dixon Hill. And then Tata says, he speaks the truth, sir. From your point of view, he's only a facsimile. A cheap imitation. Uh, Data tries to get captains back, uh, but r- roasts? roasts? I don't know what that means. Uh, but the captain says, thank you, Data. Oh, he goes, yes, yeah, sorry, sir. And Reblock goes, what a wonderful fiction. Quite entertaining. I admire your skill at uh, trying to ob- obfuscate our reality. I think that's what he said, obfuscate or something. And Data says, it is you who are not real, sir. And I don't know if it's Picard or Crusher. I think it was Crusher. He goes, Data? It's just mean. You can't call somebody uh, not real. And then Leach, really, he doesn't like, I don't like this. Because uh, Data says, your imaginary characters derived from world fiction. You're not even a real imaginary character. You're a derivative fictional character. And the cops like like, they're not going to fall for your lies. And Data goes, I'm afraid you're not even real, uh, officer. And Leach goes, you're making me crazy. He goes, Red Black, you got to make him stop. And Red Black goes, this is interesting to me. He's even a smart program. He goes, let's test this theory out. And he goes, you know, but we're not going to do anything immoral. We're going to do stuff with a purpose here. Uh, and a purpose that's ingenious. And Le- Leach says, well, what's our purpose, Mr. Red Black? He goes, we're on a quest for knowledge, Mr. Leach. We want the item. And they go back and forth, and Picard, Picard finally says, well, I have the item hidden here. And uh, Red Black says, well, I knew it. Uh, he goes, man, you're, what a character you are. Until the last moment, testing my resolve. All right, where is it? And Picard says, Well, you got to do something for me if you want me to give it to you. And he goes, uh, Make your thoughts fruitful and your words eloquent because I don't have time to waste. And Picard says, uh, Okay, I, I, there's, here's my price. He goes, Oh, I'm a New York man of my stripe. And he goes, You got to get this guy a dry shirt. Go on to the enterprise and get this guy a dry shirt, uh, preferably, you know, unif- get his uniform back, a historian uniform. And then it cuts the bridge and Troy and Riker, they're like, man, we're running, we're running out of time here. This is not good. And uh, Riker says, call the insects. And they just make this insect call. And then they call Wesley and they're like, Wesley needs a couple more hours. You know, it's a bi-converter. And Riker says, forget the explanations. Can you do it? he goes, well, if I do it wrong, you know, it, it could be bad. Uh, but then it was weird because he says, Riker says, well, how much time do you need, actually? And then he goes, no, no. He goes, whether I do it now or later, it's the same risk. And Riker says, do it. And then we go back to the uh, San Francisco uh, risks to be damned. Did Riker say that or is that just what I heard? If we can. A computer, I didn't know that. So, oh, okay. Okay. Uh, then we start jumping back and forth. Like, uh, uh first, oh, the first is a thing with, uh, Redblock who says, uh, what, what he goes, we got to fix the computer, Picard says, and Redblock says, computer, I don't know that word. And data says an electrical or mechanical apparatus are capable of carrying out repetitious or complex mathematical operations at high speeds. And Leach is like, you got to stop talking about this. And then Wesley's working and then suddenly all the characters in the office are in a snowstorm. Uh, then the exit appears and Picard says, That's the way to our world. And Red Black says, Remarkable, is this a two way passage? Can one enter your world and return to this one by stepping through? And Picard says, Oh yeah, if you let us get Mr. Whale in a shirt, you know, we'll bring I'll go get the item and bring it back to you. And Red Black, Oh no, 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 no. You're gonna stay here. I'm going through the door. And Data says, no, no, you can't go through there. It's not possible. And Red Black looks at Data. He says, one look at you is proof anything is possible. And he goes, take a step back, Hill. And then he says, you know, keep all these guys. And then Red Red Black goes, come on, Mr. Leach. Au revoir, Monami. Me. Our destiny awaits. And then him and Red Red Leach steps through. And he says, a whole new world to plunder. And then they they just dissipate. He goes, you can't do this to me. I'm Cyrus Redblock. And then they, you know, they're computers. They vanish. Or, I mean, they're not, I think they were constructs from the, uh, they kind of explain it. I don't know if it's this episode or another one. Uh, that Materially, I think they're real. I, I don't quite get it. I mean, I'm sure I'll watch enough Star Trek over the next year or two. I'll get it soon enough. Uh, but data saves the day. He does this cool move, and then he gets Waylon and carries him off to get his shirt. And uh, Crusher returns to the ship with Data and uh, Waylon. And then for and the Cop, we have that scene with the looking out the window and the sad music from the top. where they say, okay, this is the good, big goodbye. And he says, tell me something, you know, is this world still going to be here? And he says, I don't know. And then the lights go out. And the captain steps onto the bridge, taking off his jacket. He says, I'm ready, number, ready. Oh, he says, ready, sir. And Picard says, ready as I'll ever be. And he loosens his tie. And he says, open hailing frequencies. And then he does uh, he does it perfect in uh, their language. And they say, you, you've honored us, as Jardarians say, you've honored us with your words of greeting. A new day dawns between us. Yeah, he drops it uh, Jardarian language yeah, perfectly, nails it. There's applause on the bridge, and then Data even takes a spot. Data's still in his full outfit, and you know Data they still have to do a little uh, vacation because the Riker says, "So how was your trip, Captain?" You know, you, you dress like uh, totally uh, wild, and he says. Uh, it's a nice place to visit, number one, but, you know, I wouldn't want to, you know, spend the end of my life there. Uh, but even Picard's mannerism in saying it and then kind of Troy going along and just rewatching, it's really good. And then LaForge, Geordi kind of says, hey, Data, how was it? And Data starts doing material. He goes, it was raining by the, in the city by the bay. Uh, hard enough rain to wash away. And Picard says, Data... And uh, Data says, Sorry sir, I got you know, i I'm glitching over here. And then Picard says, Lieutenant, take us out of orbit and George says, Aye, sir. And Picard says, And Mr LaForge? He goes, Yes, sir. He goes, step on it. Picard he does it, he closes it out a little uh with a little humor, and that was how the episode came to a close. I wanna thank everybody over on the Facebook group, uh, Susan, Jennifer, Rebecca. Uh, thanks and good night. B, Alice, uh, Lily, oh, Rebecca D and Rebecca F. Two separate Rebecca's, thanks and good night. Christina G to the R, thanks and good night. Julie S to the C. Uh, Nora, Eric, uh, S to the P. Uh, Belle H, thanks and good night. Corey M, thanks and good night. Kirsten, thank you. Nicolette, thank you. Uh, Klee, thanks, uh, Jenny K, thank you, Moana, thank you, L.E.W., thank you, Liz I., thank you, NR2, Thomas B., to the H, uh, Andy A., uh, N.E.C.R., uh, Sarah B., Damie, Damon, Damon D. on the back up, Lindsay L., thanks, and good night. Uh, Ben S., thanks and good night. Amy B and Kathleen V to the B. Thanks and good night. Bob C., thanks and good night. The sound man of the podcast, Laura to the B, Laura to the B, to the S, to the R. Uh, Maureen B., thanks and good night. Uh Jean C uh, thanks is so OES thanks uh Vanessa B to the S B to the S uh, Joel M Anna L to the N and Jerry with an I thanks and good night. Uh Jennifer B thanks and good night. Uh Tanya T to the C thanks and good night. Uh, Sally W, K to the W, Kat D, thanks and good night. Melinda S, thank you and good night. Bert K and Laura W, thanks and good night. Uh, Rishi F, thank you and good night. Nicola W, thank you and good night. Amanda Z, thank you and good night. Becky L, thanks and good night. Chantel G, thank you and good night. Uh, Brittany R. Uh, thanks and good night laura w thanks and good night ryan k thanks and good night sarah R. W., the w thanks and good night uh libby b uh good friend libby b cat d thanks and good night uh miss a y beauty thanks again thanks and good night Becky h thanks and good night elizabeth w thanks and good night uh mary Beth., thanks and good night uh, Belinda S, thanks and good night. Dana D, thanks and good night. Arielle G, thank you and good night. Uh, Cynthia K, thanks and good night. Michelle Y, thank you and good night. Becky N, thank you and good night. Lynn K, thank you and good night. Uh, over on email, I want to thank uh, Hal. Uh, Tamar, thanks and good night. Chris thank you and good night. Lindy L, thanks and good night. Alexandra, thanks and good night. Uh, Kathleen, thanks a lot. Jacqueline, thank you very much. Uh, Julie F., thank you and good night. Uh, Caleb, thanks. Uh, Jenny, thank you and good night. Ryan, thank you and good night. Katie D., thank you and good night. Anna. Thanks. And good night. Uh, Kit. Thank you. And good night. Max and Carissa, Thank you. And good night. N.P. P. Thanks. And good night. Summer with an E. Uh, thank you. And good night. Melissa. D to the B. Thank you. And good night. Uh, Joe S. Thanks. And good night. Rose. Thanks. And good night. Uh, Danielle uh, V. Thank you. And good night. Aaron, uh, thank you and good night. Eric, thanks and good night. Uh, Jesus, uh, thank you and good night. Sonia, thank you and good night. Uh, Leda, thank you and good night. Uh, Sonny, thank you and good night. Summer with an R, thank you and good night. Uh, Madeline, thank you and good night. Uh, Patricia, thanks and good night. Julie M., thank you and good night. Igor, thank you and good night. Hayden, thank you and good night. Rohan, thank you and good night. Caitlin, thank you and good night. Nicole, thanks and good night. William, thanks and good night. Courtney, thank you and good night. Claire, thanks and good night. Cammy, thank you and good night. Nora, thank you and good night. Uh, Cornelia, thank you and good night. Alex, thanks and good night. John, thanks and good night. And that's it. Thanks and good night, everybody.